Hello and welcome to the 267 podcast. I am joined by human man, Mike Taylor. <laughs> uh, I usually go for slightly weirder uh, description, but I thought, you know, we'll go with human man just in case anyone <laughs> met him before. Uh, add some background. My regular co host. Uh, also joined by Seth and Noel. Uh, we thought we'd. Oh, also. Do you want to say hi and introduce yourselves before I immediately throw you into question? Oh God, hi, I'm Seth. Um, yeah, I'm joined with Ben and Mike. Thank you. Really How old are you, Seth? Just so we know. I'm I'm 18. Cool, excellent. Thanks for having us. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hi, hi. Uh, I'm Noel. When you run Gabo, I like to say my African name because it kind of gives it a name. Munyurangabo, and I'm from Rwanda, and I've been living here for over 10 years. And yeah, so it's good to be here. You're not 18, are you, Noel? No, 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 I'm a double <laughs> of 18. Surprisingly, I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm more than a double of 18. I'm 39. Wow, you look yeah. good, man. Wow. <laughs> you yeah. Look good. The, yeah, there's a joke that I don't know if I'm allowed to make now, which says, black don't crack. You can still make that joke. That joke is eternally used. You can still make that joke. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. 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 I mean, well, me yeah. and Mike can't make that joke, but we <laughs> never could, so that's fine. For <laughs> yeah. the podcast to a very swift end. Yeah. You would have just hung up. They'd have been like, what? Yeah. Oh, great. So, intro question. Uh, we're going to go with if you were trapped in a we're going to just say store. It can be convenience store, department store, whatever. Which one would you want to be trapped in? That's easy. Uh, Ikea. Yeah. Oh, I hadn't thought big like that. Ikea. I'm right here no. with you. you got beds. Oh, and their hot dogs as well. You, you just have everything's there for you. Ikea. What about that lingonberry sauce? That's the stuff. <laughs> Trolleys. <laughs> Uh, I'm going a little bit old school. I'm still going to go for HMV. I have no idea what that is. HMV? I don't know what that is. Oh, music man, shop. I feel old now. HMV? You know the music shop? Am I being silly? Or Yeah, a little bit. Am I being silly? No, you're being 18. HMV, which shut down <laughs> a few years ago. Uh, they're a music uh, still about. <laughs> no, Al, you've heard of HMV, haven't you? Thank you. For, no, I've never heard of the only one. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, it was, a, it was a music store uh, that yeah. basically, back in the day, you could go in and it would have a whole, it'd have every music and DVD. And Did Bible. we have that online now? I know. That's why I was being a little bit retro, so. <laughs> uh, but you used to be able to yeah. go and it'd have a whole rack of headphones and you could go in and listen to any music you wanted. That's pretty, wow. pre Pre iTunes. music. I know. Now nine ninety nine a but month. Spotify. I, I think <laughs> you see one of these, sir. This is called a CD. Whoa! What is that? What is that on TV? It's witchcraft. <laughs> uh, Noel, where would you like to be trapped? Well, I'm thinking that it has to be something that is going to provide everything. So I would go Costco. Costco is good because that, that was my second one. You have to. That's creative. Yeah. It has you have entertainment, you have, you, you name it. You know, yeah. so, yeah. And they have lots of, 
Sorry, Ben. Oh, I was going to say everything's sold in like gear supply as well. Yeah. If you also, need to bunker down. Exactly. They have samples everywhere, don't they? You can sample stuff as you walk around. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you're, like, you're covered. Yeah. <laughs> ben, where would you look? Where are you going for IKEA with Seth? Oh, yeah, I think we might. IKEA is pretty big. We can share it. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, IKEA is so great. It is great. I've Not just at the definitely moment, opened. But... So. They have reopened yeah. on my list. But the queues are absolutely mad. Yeah, I don't want to get yeah. involved. Uh, now, the reason I wanted to have a conversation, so I, I'll sort of flick a domino and we'll see where we go. Yeah. And my prayer is that God will just use uh, our words just to, I don't know, encourage someone, prompt someone, maybe challenge someone. So I was sharing with Seth and Noel that as a white 49-year-old, uh, shamefully, I'm probably poorly educated and don't quite know how to navigate the conversations that the world's having about race, about um, sort of police violence towards um, black people. Uh, and I know I need to do better. And so I wanted a couple of people that could almost hold my hand through this. And uh, you two guys, I know a bit and thought, actually, I want to hear what you want to say. But actually also I wanted to use 267 as a, as a voice to be able to say, actually, we will, we know people need to hear this, but actually as a youth organisation, I believe 110% that the world needs to hear and listen to and respond to the voices uh, of young people. So Seth is still a young person. I'm afraid, Seth, you're still a young person. Uh, and Noel <laughs> works uh, a youth organisation. Uh, and it'd be good to just uh, talk about your experiences, but also how does your faith and these sort of conversations intersect and overlap? Overlap because actually, for Christians, we need to not be silent about this. We need to be appropriately vocal. And I know, as a Christian, I'm I want to be vocal, but I don't quite know what I should be saying. So I want to sort of help have you guys help navigate us a little bit today. Is that all right? Yeah, first of yeah. all, I have to say thank you so much for your mindset, especially for, um, I'm not even trying to call you old here, Mike, but for someone on your... And being, you know, a, a white middle-class man, it's very rare for someone of, you, of your mindset to be around. So I'm actually really thankful that you actually do have that open mindset because it really does allow people with your power, it does allow you guys to send a positive message that me as a young person couldn't necessarily um share by myself so i have to say thank you for that first of all thank you very much for having that mindset what are the what are the barriers you you guys see are the biggest barriers um biggest barriers are for me it's more of a case of one i'm young so people naturally assume that I am uneducated on certain things. So when I do try and share certain things, the first thing they're going to, to think is mediocre and it's, it's not right. And the second thing is I'm a young black male, which means that um, in certain environments, I am not necessarily given um, the chance to actually speak mm -hmm. and for people to actually understand because one, they assume I'm too young, so they, they, they automatically think, well, whatever he's going to be saying isn't going to be true because naturally I'm of this generation and we aren't 
probably of the most educated generation. Yeah. And at the same time, it also means that um, people won't na- actually listen to me because I'm also a young black male as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably just one of the biggest issues, just people not um, giving you the, the first chance to actually have a discussion with you on, on certain situations. And is, is there any environment where you think you get your voice heard as much as you'd like to? Pardon, sorry? Is there any environment where you think you do get your voice heard, Seth? Um, yeah. We talked about music quite a lot. Does, is the music world a slightly easier doorway? 100%, 100%, because I think with the music industry and with the music world, it means that um, I'm not seen for my age. I'm right. seen for, for my talent yeah. and I'm seen for the way that I express certain, certain emotions and people see that more with music. It's, it's easier to feel if, if you um, have a certain song that um, you're listening to, it's easier to connect with that, connect with that emotionally. Yeah. So I guess the music um, with music, it is more easy to get my voice, voice heard. Yeah. hundred percent. I know what barriers have you hit? seen overcome in your sort of role or just your life yeah i mean for me i come from a a country where 99 point something is black so it's it's like you, you don't feel black when you you, you are growing in rwanda you, know? you are just a human you are yeah you don't wake up all black i mean it's we have our visions as ethnic groups and, and it's tough there but the blackness has never been an issue until I came over to this country where the history is of England because we don't share the same pain. I understand them and I, I feel like far far back we, we used to be in the same continent but they have gone through that I can't even try this on their behalf so it's a limit but it's, uh, it's a challenge too to be the voice yeah. we, based on that. It's challenging. It's challenging. Yeah. Even though I would wa- want to sympathize with them, it's challenging. And another challenge is that though I'm not from that route, I'm still seen as a black person, you know? So if there is a person who's racist around, they will still treat me as a black person. Yeah. So if I'm put in the same box with the people that actually they can't help me in my, you know, in my problem. Like if I'm discriminated against, my pain isn't the same as a black person being discriminated against. The black was, who was born from slave ancestors. So I have that kind of bridging the gap between the, the, you know, between the black person of and the black person of Africa. That itself is a challenge. Yeah. But then another challenge is being Christian. Being a Christian, I almost feel like we've been given a cornerstone, yeah. but unfortunately it's a rejected cornerstone in a sense yeah, that I yeah, could have yeah. this wonderful, wonderful philosophy, but the moment I mention it as saying it as a Christian, then people will be like, oh, yeah, we know you guys, you just, you, you, you always make things sound like, you know, it's praise and everything is all right. So it's like, it's, it's, it's a challenge trying yeah. to help as a Christian because it's already another discriminate kind of group, if you know what I mean. It's like yeah. your opinion is always don't bring Jesus in this issue, <laughs> don't bring that cheesy Holy Spirit yeah. thing. You know what I mean? So so you are coming 
I'm, I'm, I have all those challenges that I'm trying to find a wise and inspired way to overcome. Yeah, it's helpful. And Seth, what do you think is different now than maybe this conversation a year ago? Because the world is in such a, a different place. Why, why has this happened now, do you think? Um, I'm going to be simple because everybody's at home. Yeah. Everyone's at home. Um, if it wasn't, and you know what, I actually thank, this is going to sound so weird, but I actually thank God kind of that um, the pandemic did happen. Um, because everybody's at home, it's given more people access and more people are bored, so more people are on their phones, which means more people have access to, to news and to the media. And because of that, more people are actually reacting to it. But the thing is, this has been going on for so long. People have been recording these like acts for so long but the only difference now is people are just not as busy as they were a year ago to actually sit down and actually look and actually process the things that are actually going on in the world you got almost a captive audience haven't you yeah it's yeah kind of scary as well like um how little sort of they talk about sort of the 24-hour news cycle uh, usually in that most stories get 24 hours and then they're thrown out uh, and it's kind of scary the fact that it's taken like a pandemic to for people to actually have the attention span to even listen. It's not even that. It's the fact that it took it took a man to die almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it took, it, he was almost like a sacrifice that was given for, and I look at it kind of like a domino effect. Yeah. Like he was his death was kind of like the final win to just push that that domino. And all the all the other situations and all the other things that have happened after have happened. You know, it's it's really sad that it had to come to that for people to actually realise. But at the same time, you have to see it as you have to see it as a as a reflection almost. Yeah, yeah. As in, this has happened now, and not in retaliation, but in reflection to it, I'm now going to make a difference in the world yeah. so that this doesn't happen again. And I think it's really interesting. There's been so many powerful videos coming out. Um, I've, I've just written something about fear because I think that the media loves us to be fearful because then we don't, we don't do as much. We sort of stay defensive. And there's, I've been trying to look at all the things that happened in the media that really almost was the opposite, that were hopeful and inspire me. And you've got a lot's happening in Minnesota because of the George Floyd um, sort of story and there was the guys like the whole community um walking down the street singing waymaker you know that was that was a powerful moment and then the the entire white community kneeling and asking for forgiveness uh from their their sort of black neighbors i thought it was key but there was one interaction i've tried to find it online and it was an older guy black guy almost ranting and he probably wasn't as old as me but he was ranting about something needs to be done and he turns to this 16 year old boy and says you you need to yeah. Fix this. yeah do you see it and he yeah. basically says we've yeah. tried this two or three times this has come up a story like george floyd has come up we've tried to fix it and it's come to nothing and he says we can't do this anymore it's up to you to try a new way and this is why i'm so passionate about giving young people a voice is because this can't be a middle-class white man fixed in the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to be me listening to eighteen-year-old black guys and their peers, and that was why really powerful for me. That 
the thing is though the older generation i feel as if because you know the saying the older you are the wiser you are no no the thing is that, <laughs> yeah, but the thing is though because of that i feel like a lot of older a lot of older people have so much pride yeah and they don't necessarily want to listen so it, it makes it even harder and i think yeah. it's, that, it's that ego thing again is that you don't want to look weak you don't want to feel like you get it wrong yeah when actually we need to think of a bigger it's a bigger conversation a bigger picture now we can't just think about how i feel you know sorry no al go on yeah yeah no what i what i was going to say that what i agree with seth is that the wisdom the people we used to think are wiser it was because they, their kind of wisdom is what ruled the world that evolved to be what we have today but the new world that we're in now is run by people like Seth. So the music industry, the, the, the young blood is, uh, uh, they are the ones who are like feeding the, the culture. They are yeah. shaping the culture. All of a sudden we are wearing clothes because a, a new artist has influenced the design and all that. And all of a yeah. sudden the philosophy that we are running by suddenly and supplementally is coming from the young ones. It's so weird. Yeah, so we need, it's, it's taking us a long time. It's taking, it's taking the, young, the older ones a long time to actually release yeah, yeah, yeah. give it, give it to the ones yeah. who are actually ruling today, because they are. I think, Seth, just talking about the music industry again, it is, it is interesting of how many significant black artists have that almost success that they maybe wouldn't have in other sphere and have that voice that they wouldn't have in other spheres uh, yeah. that's quite the more i think about it and i'm not at all into the cool music and i can't, <laughs> even, use the word, I can't even use the word cool um but i'm aware my music tastes uh yeah. are not that but i'm aware just from what i watch and what i see online is that you see these highly gifted highly articulate highly competent black musicians and, and people of color musicians. And they are thought of really well and they are thought of significantly and they have this voice. And I wonder how do we replicate that in other areas of society? Because if you're not a musician, your voice is equally as valid, isn't it? It's whether it's you're making movies, whether it's you're in a teacher, whether you're in politics, whether you're a church leader. I mean, that'd be a great one to talk about, wouldn't it? You know. Uh, I think it's really interesting. How do we amplify every voice rather than just the niche ones? Like, because I think of you know professional sportsmen. It's you get these really capable uh, black sportsmen, but they don't see. They seem to have it as hard in sport because sports seem to have this sort of racist thread going through it. And uh, it's really interesting the, the sort of different areas that we find work and don't work. All of those sectors, like you said, all of those sectors, they, they, some work and some don't work. The reason why the music industry um, kind of works is because of how open it is and yeah. how easy it is to access. Um, what I'll say is the reason why all these um, black artists are doing so well is literally because of the ideology behind the music. Yeah. Um, things such as rhythm, things such as um, catchy um, certain things and experiences that um, the white population hear and they like it and they almost in a way kind of want to um, copy it 
and that's kind of why um people of color in the mu in the music industry do so well i would say that it's kind of hard in situations as um if, as being a teacher just because there are certain things that you can do and certain things you can't do as a teacher um i know my father um being a geography teacher and being a um, an rs teacher he's struggled a lot with because obviously he's a christian he struggled a lot with trying to um separate his beliefs from the things that he has to teach and the things that are in the textbook and yeah. he gets into a lot of trouble if he does um talk openly about his beliefs so i i'd say that if you are a teacher it's sometimes it is really hard yeah because the schools doesn't it doesn't want you and also i'm not gonna lie to you the school is, is run by the white man and the white man wants you to teach what's in the textbooks a funny thing is when i was researching it in rs books and in and in history books black history is all in black and white <laughs> and wow. it, and there's a theory that says that it's in black and white because it wants you it's almost trying to um say that it's finished it's over it's been done because yeah. you obviously you link black and white to old you link black and white to it's it's been ended when actually it's still going on and it's still very recent right now you know some pictures that were taken yeah were put into black and white even though they were they were captured in color wow but they were put into black and white and put into textbooks to almost show boom it's happened now when actually it's still very relevant so linking back to the um to teachers being able to express how they feel about certain situations they can't do that because wow. of these textbooks and because of what these textbooks actually say and if they go against the textbooks then they're contradicting themselves if they're contradicting themselves then they're they confuse the child. And they lose their credibility, I suppose, don't they, Louis? Yeah. I say the interesting thing about conversations yeah. I have with my boy, so obviously Zach's nine, but it's one of the things I was thinking that we need to change the way we speak is that Zach, because he's brought up in this country in our sort of white dominated church, yeah. he thinks Jesus was a white English speaking man. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, we've just started having conversations about the Bible being a different language. Um, but it, and I think part of the problem is that we have a bunch of people who they have this view because it's their their world. So they think everyone sees the thing in the same world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We joke about the echo chamber routine that is is if you have too small a circle of influence, you only hear things from people that believe the same things of you. 100%. Therefore, you just say that. So I've said to him, the reason we went to this protest today is we need to know what everyone's thinking and then we can make a call on what everyone's thinking and we can be educated about it. Right therefore, we, we become much better people because we're more aware rather than just think this is my world this is my narrow world anything outside that is confusing and scary um, I think my 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 experience my life isn't the same as yours it's not in my experience and, and certain things that i've gone through and certain teachers that i've learned you wouldn't necessarily been learned your son would have wouldn't be yeah. taught because it's different experiences <laughs> because of different experiences you only necessarily see what's in your eyes yeah and you will only relate to people who have you will only truly relate to people who have gone through the same experiences you have gone through you've yeah. literally hit on around i was i was talking to my father about it it's, it's it's crazy and it's such a hard thing to do to kind of put yourself into someone else's shoes it's one of the most hardest things to do because i i true i truly believe that 
you can't understand someone else's feeling until you mentally or physically actually been in that situation. Absolutely. Which makes it so hard. You can talk about it and you can paint a perfect image of something that you've gone through, but I will not understand it. I will not understand it to the extent where I need to understand it to actually make it true myself until I've actually been through that myself. And I think that's where we're at, isn't it? That you get a bunch of people now that know they need to see the world through your eyes because if they don't, they're, they're not as equipped to change this world. No. no and they're start, I think they're starting to see that now. And so they're saying, how can I align myself with you? How can I stand with you? I want you to teach me. I want you to tell me your story, but not in a trivial way, in a way that says I need to be affected by this. If this doesn't affect me, if this doesn't really change my life, then uh, I've done something wrong. I'm in the wrong. If it hasn't caused me to have some sort of discomfort, yeah. then I'm not doing it right. You know, and I think that's really important. I want to feel a little bit uncomfortable. Um, yeah. 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 And, and I think we, uh, another thing that almost put people in, the, in black people's shoes is what Seth mentioned earlier, which is the pandemic that happened. Because mm. with the pandemic, it's almost like every human were able to feel confined like you were in confinement, you were behind bars in a sense. You almost live that same restriction that some minorities have lived for years. You can't do this. You can't do that. You're not allowed to do this. And for, I'm sorry to say this, but I, I feel like for the privileged, it has been the unknown. Like they yeah. never knew how it feels to not be allowed to go to the supermarket, to the cinema, to the, all of a sudden they're like, oh my goodness. So when yeah. this Floyd thing kicked, it came in the right time where everyone is not even allowed to go on the street. So yeah. even going on the street is almost joining the minority that has always felt voiceless. It's like yeah. we are all actually understand what it means to not have an opinion, yeah. have no voice. So it's there is that sense of oh now we are in their shoes at least for four months, for three months. Yeah. And it's horrible. And we don't want this to happen to any human. So it's it's that you know, does yeah. it make sense? Yeah. yeah. That's and he goes back to say, did God, I'm not sure God caused the pandemic, mm. but is God wanting to use it to get our attention in various areas? I'd probably say yes. You know what? I thank God so much for this pandemic. Yeah. I was in, I was in A-levels and I've literally just got out of doing A-levels. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the main thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got out of doing A-levels by just not doing them, Steph. So. <laughs> Yeah, but I get free pass into uni now, Mike. Yeah, but you, I school of life, mate. I did 30 <laughs> years of that. <laughs> but just yeah, as we um, come into our bed, Yeah, uh, the thing that I found, like, that I sort of witnessed was almost before this, and I think something that may be a permanent change, and I really hope it is sort of moving forwards, is recently there'd almost been the sort of desperation to not appear racist. So sort of the thing you talk about, the black and white textbooks, I think almost the education system was so desperate to appear. We're not racist. The education system isn't racist, yeah, that it actually works its way background into being racist. Yeah. Um, Can, I make a point on that? Can I make a point on that? Absolutely. There's, there's an experience where I've experienced it so much. I was in a PC, I was in a P, what's it now? PC World. Something like that. PCHE, something like that. Um, and I was in a class and we were... Um, we were talking about um, racial stuff. We were talking about Black History Month. 
and um, my teacher came up to me before the class and I was the only black person in this class and she came up to me before the class and she said Seth um we're going to be talking about some very um sensitive topics today and she every time when she tried to say the word black it wouldn't come out of her mouth wow she would like she'd be like she'd like black and i'm like and she would look at me every single time when she said this word i'm like yes i understand i'm black i've understood that for the past i must have been 16 i've I've known that for the past 16 years of my life i know that i'm black like you can say the word and it's because Mm -hmm. this generation is just so sensitive and we don't like to deal with the heavy stuff which means that certain things become offensive when they are not offensive yeah and and then you do work your way back to them kind of being offensive because you're thinking about it so much when you should literally just be like boom this is a situation that we're in now we have to deal with it or else there will not be a change that's it i think like the thing i've seen that's positive coming out of this is that it is now people sort of i think the grace that's come from the black lives matter movement is there's now this space that you can feel more comfortable asking questions yeah. and you know accepting i've probably not got it right accepting my white privilege that type of thing uh and whereas before there was almost that sort of i'm just going to try and hide any wrongdoing i've ever done it's now i want to bring this into the light and work on it which i think is hopefully going to be a permanent change i hope so as well the thing is what i'm really scared of is the fact that my generation we love to follow trends Mm. So what I'm really afraid of is that this is just going to be another trend that people are jumping on because they're bored and because they have nothing else better to do. And when everybody does get, you know, busy with their lives again, I'm just, I'm praying that it doesn't go back or we don't, you know, because we made so much progress yeah. and I just don't want to go back down. You need, it needs to be not be a trend. It needs to be a culture shift, doesn't it? 100%, 100%, yeah. So just as we come to land, guys, so... The uneducated 49-year-old Mike Palin, white guy, what do, what do I need to do to get better at this and to promote appropriately with my voice, my platform, my own understanding? What do I, what do I need to do? You need to understand one thing. And I'm going to be... And I've told myself um, in the recent days, I've told myself that I'm going to be completely straightforward and not sugarcoat anything. You need to understand that you are not your ancestors. The things that your ancestors did, you did not do, but you are a product of what they did. Mm -hmm. Certain things that they did, you are now bearing the fruit of what they did. And because of that, that means that you are not as bad but you kind of, uh, you kind of deal with the same um, same stuff that you're gonna, the same stuff that they got from the black community. You're gonna get from the black community because yeah. what we see is still the same oppression and still the same thing because of your skin color. You know, it's kind of like wool. They made the wool. You were now wearing the clothes. Mm-hmm. And because of that, <laughs> we now we we still see that white skin color, the same skin of the color that your ancestors had. We still see that on you right now. It don't matter if you're 10, 20 years older. It don't matter if you know black people are in chains right now. We still see those chains, and we still see you pulling this because you still wear the same skin color. 
And what I'm saying is what you need to understand is that, yes, okay, we can't blame you because you didn't beat us. But one thing you need to understand is that right now is the time to do your research. Mm. One thing you need to do is do your research on black history because certain history, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going off so long, but certain history that um, was told by the, by the white culture was assumptions. It was manufactured. It was manufactured um, that, was, that was said that black people were almost ape-like, that we were dangerous, that we, were, we, we had behavioral problems. That, that was assumptions. That was manufactured. However, what my parents see, what my grandparents see, are, 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 are with our eyes, are certain things that we've visually seen, which are not assumptions. So what I say is that what people of the white community need to do and what people of my generation who are white would need to do, they need to educate. And as, as hard as it is, is to, is to not stop trying because this is the time to do it. We couldn't have done this a year ago. We couldn't have done this two years ago because the footage was there, but the footage was not put into the media as much as it is now. Certain videos that were on Instagram, that were on Twitter, that was, that was on YouTube, it wasn't on BBC News. It wasn't on Sky News. Now Sky News is, 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 is visually showing a, a man basically dying on TVs. That stuff wasn't on TV. No. The fact that that, no. that stuff is on TV now, that means that people of your generation who are white can now visually see what is actually going on. Absolutely. And that's why it, it's, it's now you have, a, you have an open door take it I'll take it yeah. educate yourself on what is actually going on in the world i think that's no. the biggest advice you can do is literally just educate yourself on on black history i'm not even just black history but on black situations now on what is what is going on now that's what that's what i say that's that's what i have to say love that no anything to add yeah uh, i on the top of that uh, it, the, I've, I've heard a lot of people I've had a lot of people trying to go against the Black Life Matter with the, with the excuse that every life matter. Uh, I would say, yeah, that, that's good to think like that, but as, as the white person, but also a Christian, try to think about the parable that Jesus said about 99 sheep, sheep and the, the one lost. So obviously the 99 matter but in this moment, the one that is lost is important to focus on Amen. and bring it to the safety of the 99. Amen. So it's not like you're abandoning the 99 privileged and pre supreme ones. You're actually yeah. bringing the other one to actually to where it belongs. It belongs where the 99 Amen. is. So focusing on it is important. And actually getting all this 99 to actually think the same way as the shape and say, Focusing on the one that is lost is no pre is no dismissing the mm -hmm. other one. Yes. You are valued, but you're already on a standard Amen. that this one needs to come and join the rest. And that's it. So that's the good explanation. Anyone wow. for anyone who's gonna come to you and say, but every every life matters type of thing. It's true, but they need to see it from that point of view. It's so that's like, my understanding. It's like having like a house, you have one house here and you have a house that is burning down, and that house there is as important, but the house burning down needs to be taken care of. Is, yeah. 
Yeah. And what's, what's really great is that you get the one back in with a 99. Everyone benefits, don't they? Yes. Right, because then that one can then talk to the 99 and can share stories with the 99. Yeah. And you get, you get this sort of, you, you talked about the donor, but you get this sort of ripple effect of lives being shared and, and everyone's opportunity to share. Actually, this is my story. This is my struggle. And you get to hear everyone's, which is really powerful. I think it's really interesting that the video of the George Floyd um, killing was taken by a young person. And I think it's really interesting that this domino that's been flicked that could go somewhere amazing was taken by a 17-year-old girl who uploaded it in one take and it has literally changed the world. And I just think actually, not to dismiss that or trivialise it, that is what I believe your generation, Seth, particularly, Mm. has power to do because you are you are of this world more than we're of this world so you've got to help us acclimatize ourselves because we are we are like out of time but we still live here but we are out of time so you have got to educate us and so that 17 year old girl she was so on the button with culture that she's now enabled us to see what we need to see and that's what i want all young people to do for me and my peers Mark, I agree with everything you said. One thing I didn't agree with, though. Do it. Do it. We are not of this world. Okay. We're not of this world. We live in this world, but we're not of this world. We can bear fruit into this world, positive fruit, but we're not of this world. Obviously, you know, we belong to Jesus and everything. Um, So, yeah, but everything else, 100% is what I'm... Uh, I feel like we do probably need to wrap up. If I could just say one last thing. Yeah. Uh, and I hope you don't mind me. Feel free to correct me if I say anything you disagree with, Mike. But I'd like to no. maybe speak on the behalf of 267 a little bit. Uh, I'm aware that as 267, we, we haven't been great at representing the black voice in our ministry. Like, you know, when was the last time anyone who wasn't white spoke at fuel? Um, yeah it's we're not we haven't been great and actually i think sort of we need to acknowledge that and also sort of make the pledge to say we need to be changing and uh, adapting and actually accepting you know it's another thing where maybe we haven't been consciously making that decision but we need to look at how we've been acting subconsciously and say we need to be sort of uh what's the term giving more of a platform yeah. for this voice. Uh, so, yeah, I hope you don't mind me saying that, but I thought... No, not at all. And, good. Seth, I'll give you permission to call me out and guide me on this. <laughs> you call me out. I'm not doing it enough. You tell me. I taught you to dance. You can teach me about this. <laughs> but, yeah, I just think, yeah, it's yeah. it's very easy to have a conversation like this where we sort of, you know, it's can end up becoming us just doing the thing we talked about before of saying well we're not racist now but if we don't make a pledge <laughs> to actually change our behavior 100 percent, but right. this is like the first step which is uh, you know acknowledging it and then you know second step is obviously <laughs> taking action so you know i think um we're on the right track it's just a matter of staying on that right track yeah guys thank you so yeah. much but yeah can i say one Absolutely. last thing please of course yeah, another thing that we need to avoid uh, is 
I mean, I'm talking to you as like as a middle class, a white middle class person. Our all the older generation have used the patronize, they had a patronizing spirit. They mm. they almost even if they helped a black person, it felt like a privilege, like they're giving them a privilege. Mm, yeah. So don't don't fall in the same trap because you could easily try to solve it by oh let's help. At least we have one voice. At least we give them a voice to speak. It's almost like you you are paving a way. So even though I, I mentioned about them being like one lost ship, but it actually at the same time, it's seeing the preciousness in that one. Like yeah. when you invite them, it's not like you're giving them a privilege. Actually, it's your privilege to learn from the people that you haven't learned from for generations. Because if you understand the richness that is in every Cre- creation like in black white asian Amen. that has been quenched just because one one of us one, like we are all the human race but white race ha- happened to shine the most over this past generation so this is a time where you actually when you listen to seth allow god to show you the preciousness in seth or any other person that you interact with so Amen. may it not be like Oh, we're giving them a privilege, so nobody thinks we are racist. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, do it for yourself. Really helpful. Like, yeah. grab as much as you can from each one of us because we are rich. We are all rich. Amen. But some of our gold has been stained, and you almost feel like it's there's no gold there. But actually, crack that mind in each person that you meet, and you will realize that we there's a value that we missed out on in every single person. Yeah. yeah. That's so helpful. Thank the irony yeah. there, the, or the great thing there is that you have just both spoken such gold, <laughs> such gold dust there that I, yeah, I hope, I hope a thousand people listen to your wisdom. Uh, thank you for your yeah. grace, your honesty, and for bearing with us and for kicking us when we need it and walking with us and yeah we pray that this is just the start of a conversation because Seth's going to keep on with me make sure yeah great thanks so much yeah, it's been a pleasure. Us, guys. we will see you next podcast thanks